All right. Thank you, babe. Before I get started, let me um, give this announcement that on, I need my purse, I mean my, uh, my phone, Andrea. On November the 10th, we are having a big camp fundraiser, and it is a bingo night. I'm going to give you a few of the details. Um, we would love for this to cover everything, for this to be our biggest fundraiser and all-inclusive, just taking care of everything. It would be great. It's not just for the church. We're inviting the community, and I think we're, there's a lot of buzz going on about it. So um, you buy bingo tickets, and you can search all of this online and get all the details. Um, you need to purchase your tickets ahead of time. I think you can get a discount if you purchase them ahead of time. Doors are going to open at 6 p.m. Excuse me, this is on Friday, November the 10th. We have donations from businesses in the community. I think we um, have been given a computer to give away. I think another, um, and I will we'll let all this be known once we have it for sure, all the details. So I think another business sponsored for $500. Um, several, some of the banks, one of the banks I know for sure is giving. And then I think all the tables and chairs have been donated. So it's really, really going to be a great a great event and and so we're asking that you mark your calendar for November the 10th we do have child care for a small fee since it is a fundraiser and you have to be 21 or older and here's why because we want the adults to enjoy the night we don't want you now kids are going to be serving you but we don't want this to be a night where um, you're having to take care of your children so we will take care of your children for you so it's going to be a great event. Look for that on Facebook. Ask somebody about it. November 10th, and it's going to be bingo with a lot of prizes. So hopefully we can raise $20,000. I think last year it took $22,000 to send the kids to camp. So we're probably looking at more than that this year. And, but you're soon going to be hearing about the experiences in the, the, experiences in the presence of God that these kids had and it's very very important when i went to summer camp it was sixty dollars now it's three hundred sixty dollars <laughs> or four hundred sixty dollars so um we want to make sure that no child is left behind all right so november the 10th all right here we go with um part seven of it's a battle let me just say that uh, in case you don't know, this news was given to me by Mandy Caliguri as soon as I got to church, that the Hamas leader is calling for a global day of jihad this Friday. So you just be, don't, we're not afraid. And this is the wrong time for the church to quarantine and isolate. This is the time for us to get up on the rooftops and shout that Jesus Christ gives a different courage. He gives a different kind of peace. He gives a different strength. And so um, this is not the time to be asleep. This is the time to be sober and vigilant. It is the time to pray. It is the time to intercede. It is the time to stand guard, as Casey talked to the fight time ladies about. So uh, you can look into that. You can Google it and see it this Friday. You need to be sure that you're sober and vigilant because you're adversary the devil roams about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour all right so um if you ask me what my plan is for it's a battle i have to tell you i do not know and so each week the sermons are coming um 
they're coming like right on time. I don't have this, this long-term plan. I was not planning on teaching this tonight, last week. In fact, what I thought I was going to teach last week, I don't even know if I'll, if I'll teach it now. Um, I just have to follow the leading of the spirit. And so I'm just so happy going to be in the same passage of scripture that I was in last week, but we're going to pull out another part of it. So Matthew 24 verse one, and, and let me, let me be a spiritual mother at just for a second, because this crossed my mind. Anytime there's the reading of the word of God, it's really important to, to reverence it. So we don't ask you to stand, but that is a time definitely to, um, to be reverential anytime the word of God is being read because it is sovereign and it is supreme. And so just a little side note that's not in my notes. All right, Matthew 24 and one, then Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. That's for you right now. Look over to your friend and say, see that you are not troubled. All right. So he said, see that you are not troubled for all must come to pass to pass. But the end is not yet for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And this is what I talked about last week. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. So let's pray really quick. Father, I thank you for your presence that is already so thick in this house Lord, I ask that you would absolutely feel every single room that children are in downstairs and that teenagers are in downstairs. Anoint those leaders. I pray that you would feel this room and every person that is listening live stream, feel the room where they are. You are omnipresent. You are everywhere at the same time. And God, I ask that your Shekinah glory, that thick, cloud of your presence would absolutely envelop every single one of us. Father, speak through me. I yield myself to you. 
It takes you to author it, and it takes you to get it out. And I pray that you would anoint me to impart to your people your word tonight. I bind the enemy in the name of Jesus. He will not be able to steal this word in Jesus' name. It will go forth and do what it is intended to do. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. All right, so for my introduction, this modern-day culture has presented a particular convenience or luxury that has actually served to spark an appetite. I have to say this or I'm not going to be able to finish. Um, Jillian, I mailed my RSVP today, a day late. I'm sorry. That's just how it is. I'm not going to be able to teach if I don't tell you that right now. I keep seeing you. All right. They're getting married next month, so congratulations. <laughs> you took care of it for me. I still need a mom. Woo. Yeah, that's so bad. Continually better. Here we go. We're going to get better. We're going to get better. All right. Now I can focus. So this modern-day culture has presented a particular convenience and luxury that is actually served to spark an appetite in modern-day human beings that has become an epidemic. I know that's saying a lot, but this modern-day culture has presented a luxury and a convenience that has developed an appetite in you and in me that has spread throughout the world and it's become an epidemic. And it is this, it is the appetite for instant, instant, instant gratification. Um, if you'd put the slide up here, the, the first one with all the goodies on it that um, Lexi made for me. So you think about really what it goes into to have potatoes. You're supposed to grow those babies first, but not in today's culture. If you can get to the food bank or to Brookshire Brothers, you can have mashed potatoes in an instant. Think about the long, long lines at Brookshire Brothers and Walmart, how it used to be, and now because you need to zip in, zip in and zip out, you've got self-checkout, just take care of yourself. Think about how long it used to take, and I have to admit, this would have been a good time for me to give my commercial break to Jillian, because the one to the right replaces its email replacing what we call snail mail. And I have to admit, if I can't get something in two days, I'm frustrated. Because Amazon has made me even halfway expect one day shipping. Tomorrow, I expect it. And if I have to go to some place that is going to take two weeks, which it used to be normal, now they don't get my business. In fact, I'll pay, well, I don't know if I will, Lexi would pay a little more to get it now. She's a better shopper than I am. So to the right, you want to send mail. And I asked Lexi, is there any way I can like digitally RSVP to the wedding? Because I have procrastinated and have not sent it through snail mail. And now it's going to be late. And she's like, I don't think there's a way to digitally do it. 
She said, you could text her. So I, I decided I'd just do it right now. Get some gratification, instant gratification. So email replaces snail mail. Credit cards give you limits that are luxurious limits so you can have something today that you won't work for until two months from now. Instant oatmeal, instant pot, chicken nuggets made out of who knows what, but you can get them instantly at McDonald's. I say, I can eat so much McDonald's that I feel like I'm just eating paper because it does not get me full. I don't know what it is, but it's not food, I don't think. Instant lunch. Ramen noodles. So we've, we have, we've developed this appetite for instant, instant gratification. And um, there's a story of missionaries that went over to Ethiopia, and they wanted to bless their people. And so they said, I tell you what, I want to give them, I love them so much, and I'm sad that I have to leave them. I want to give them some chocolate. And the pastors there said, no, 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 no. That is not a blessing to them because you will give them something that will develop an appetite for something they can't get. Song of Solomon said, I read it today, don't awaken love. That's why we tell our kids, don't have sex before marriage. You will awaken an appetite that will get you in so much trouble. So the enemy has introduced this instant gratification and we all have eaten of that fruit and now we have an appetite for instant gratification. Um, go to the video, if you will. This is our life now. Everything is fast-paced. Everything as, is moving at the speed of light, so to speak. And we have, so, we, we have the exact same amount of time. I think we have 1,444 minutes in a day, which is the exact same amount of time that I'm going to speak about Apostle Paul in a little bit that he was given. And we have email and we have cars and we have all of this instant stuff, yet we are not producing anymore. So the convenience is nice, but it has caused, thank you, Casey, it has caused, and I'm going to give you a word to write down here, this Convenience has caused an atrophy, A-T-R-O-P-H-Y. It has caused an atrophy in the modern day human. So how many of you are not ashamed to raise your hand and say, I don't know what that means? Atrophy. Okay, you're going to learn something at Covenant Church tonight. Atrophy is this. Everybody make sure you, can, you follow me here. You can take that... Um, movie off or that video off Casey appreciate it atrophy is the gradual decline in effectiveness or vigor due to underuse or neglect okay if I wanted to embarrass my children I would call them up here and I would ask them to show their muscles and then I would show my muscles and my muscle has experienced something called atrophy. 
because of underuse or neglect. I say I weaned my, oh, that's not Casey up there. What am I thinking? I've been looking at you. Who is it? Ben Trawick. Man, you are awesome. <laughs> I guess I looked at you. Ben, I love you. You're precious. So the absence of use has developed something in my muscular system that's called atrophy. I used to love to work out, and then I outgrew it, and I weaned myself right off of it. And I don't have any, I tell my friends, I don't have any withdrawals. I mean, I used to work out for an hour with my mom and Carissa every day. And then I felt convicted like that was becoming too important to me. And then I backed way off and I did some exercises at home. In my bathroom, I worked it right down to one song and just ease my way out completely. And it's just no moss. <laughs> so... <laughs> Atrophy is the gradual decline in effectiveness or vigor due to underuse or neglect. So just like our muscles require resistance, everybody say resistance. Just like our muscles require resistance in order to grow stronger, and with the neglect of using them, they, they naturally weaken. So it is for many other intangible things in our lives, okay? So our muscles are tangible. We can see them. But there are some intangible things in our lives that can't be seen. And when we underuse them, then they gradually decline in effectiveness. What are some of the, these things that I'm talking about? This. Co contentment if you don't give resistance to your contentment you will forget what it feels like to be content adaptability if you don't make yourself walk through some hard things at times you will lose your ability to be adaptable Emotional strength and resilience. If you don't teach your children, if you don't, um, if you don't exercise that muscle of emotional resilience by teaching them no, then that muscle does not develop. And then when they don't get their way, they don't know how to handle it. Okay. Is this making sense to y'all? If, if we have a life that is too easy and everything just goes our way and, and we don't exercise telling ourselves no, or walking through hard times, then our ability to tell ourselves no, and our ability to walk through hard times will become non-existent. Endurance is another one. One of the most popularly quoted scriptures in the Bible is, um, and I'm going to ask Ben not to go there, Philippians 4.13. Almost everybody can quote it. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Kids can quote it, teenagers can quote it, atheists can quote it, uh, kids at school can quote it, people who don't read their Bible can quote it. It's almost just considered uh, a popular quote now because it's so well known, but this is what's not well known. Have you ever, ever looked into what Paul was even talking about when he said that? 
He's saying this. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned Philippians 4 and 11, Ben, just take your time going there. He said, for I have learned, I have exercised this in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased. You're blowing me out of the water, young man. You're doing a great job. I know how to be abased. That's like lowest of the lows, okay? And I know how to abound. That's like highest of the highs. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry. I have learned how to abound and to suffer needs because I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. The problem here is when we have lives that are so convenient and so luxurious and constantly getting instant gratification, our ability to be content in situations other than just perfect, uh-oh, we don't have that ability, that weakens So Paul was talking about his ability to endure any and every condition he faced and still be content. Now, I love a gentleman. I, there's, a, there's a teaching from a gentleman who's passed away, and I love his teaching so much. I, I have just taken it in. He, he had such a profound revelation for the kingdom of God and he was talking about dating and he told he told the people that he was speaking to he said if you really want to know who you're marrying show up late to the date on purpose like let there be a date that's not so perfect because that's who you're marrying because if you only set up paradise for them then the moment it's not paradise you're going to say who in the you-know-what did I marry? <laughs> but if you really want to know who you're marrying, let them walk through a challenge with you. And then you'll see just how resilient and just what they can endure. So, if Paul set the standard of I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, talking about the ability to be content in every situation, how high is that standard for us? Like, I wore my continually better sweatshirt for a reason because as I was writing these notes, I was like, yikes, the bar is set so high. I don't know if I can say I know how to be abased and still content. I don't know if I can say I know how to abound and it not change me. I texted my husband the other day and I said, as we grow, baby, let's please, let's please promise one another we won't change. Because we've seen so many people that they didn't know how to abound and their ministry grew and their popularity grew and they changed because they didn't know how to abound. So I can't say that in all things, when I'm fasting, I'm not hangry. Can't say that. I can't say that I feel like worshiping the Lord when my husband says we're going to fast. Oh, 
Sharon Driver and my husband get some kind of enjoyment out of fasting. I have yet to get a second wind. I have yet to find that enjoyment in fasting. Mm, I cringe every time he says it. <laughs> so, I'm not ready to stand next to Paul in judgment yet. So especially in this postmodern America, I hope I've established the foundation. We're fighting a plague. Don't you see it? And it's created a real battle that we need to discuss tonight if we're going to meet the qualification that Jesus set in the passage that I read. So Ben, go back to Matthew 24, and I think it's probably going to be in 13 or 14. Here's, here's where we're going tonight with this. Jesus said, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Say that with me. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. I haven't given you the title of this battle yet tonight for a reason. So we're going we're gonna to carry on. All right. The word endure is this in Greek. It's hupomino. Hupomino. And the definition is this, to remain to remain, to preserve under misfortunes and trials, to hold fast to one's faith in Christ, to bear bravely and calmly ill treatments, to undergo, to bear trials, to have fortitude, to persevere, to take patiently. God, why did they have to say that? To take patiently, like, I'm not even living in the tribulation, and I don't want to take anything from anybody patiently. You look at me the wrong way, and, ah. Uh, you know you're like that, too. You know you're like that, too. You know you leave Walmart aggravated. <laughs> to suffer. So Jesus is saying, but he who takes it patiently to the end, to, but he who suffers to the end, but he who preserves his faith in Christ in me to the end, but he who bears bravely and calmly ill treatments to the end shall be saved. So would you put the picture up, Ben, of the um, candy store? So... Jesus is giving us, I, I talked a few weeks ago, I said, just the fact that Jesus tells us that the Holy Spirit is coming as the comforter is like a sign that we're going to need comfort. Just, this is another one of those key words. Like, even if you don't know, if you had not read any of the previous, just the fact that he used the word endure, you're like, ah, why'd you have to use that word? And my mind went to a candy store. Like, we don't have to say, all right, Lexi, if you can just endure this candy store. If you can just endure this candy store, then we're going to put you in the car in a seatbelt for a few hours. No. Baby girl, if you can just endure your car seat for a few hours, we're going to get to a candy store and you can try everything in there. So the fact that he said endure lets you know life's not going to be a candy store. 
He said endure on purpose. He said endure for a reason. Because he knew the pressure of following him would require a word that's strong. He didn't say this, but he who just slides his way right into the end. But he who falls his way right into the end. But he who follows the crowd right into the end. He who gets sucked in with the momentum right to the end. Why did he not say that? Because that's not going to happen. He said endure because that's what it's going to take. So that's the battle we're going to talk about tonight. It is a struggle. It is this struggle. This is not the title, but this is the theme of the night. It is the struggle to embrace short-term pain for long-term reward. Short-term pain for long-term gain. I put a silly example here just in case it was kind of getting thick to let everybody laugh. So my hair is fixed like this right now because I'm trying to reach this long-term reward of a different hairstyle. And I'm having to go through the short-term pain of growing pains. And it's, it's, it might be short pretty soon because I don't know if I can endure it. It's <laughs> real life example. If you're going to enjoy the reward of a debt-free future, you're going to have to be willing to embrace the short-term sacrifice of cutting spending and saying no. <laughs> Beware. Watch out for magic tonics. Okay? Watch out for magic solutions that offer rewards without effort. Magic medicine that allows you to eat anything you want to eat and be as skinny as you want to be. You need to say that's too good to be true because it is. Bryce says there's this medicine that's coming out where people can literally eat like fast food all the time and it speeds up their metabolism so much that they, they can just eat, 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 eat and the medicine has sped up their metabolism so much that they'll never gain weight. So there's no effort. But the problem is, I said, what about this, Bryce? What if your metabolism is only given like so many hours of operation and you squeeze 80 years into 10? So watch out for magic solutions that don't require any effort on your part. Cocktails that make you strong and fit without the hard work of exercise. Watch out. Credit limits that offer luxurious lifestyle without the effort of working, saving, and building. And every one of these things are offered in today's world. Look over to your friend and say, we got to endure. All right? So I'm going to tell us how to endure tonight. So I listened to a Christian scientist this week, thanks to Davey, sharing this with me. And he talked about a clinical study that they did in Scandinavia. All right. They took a group of people that had all been diagnosed with a terminally, I mean, a terminal cancer. They were all terminally ill. There was no hope for them. There was no help for them. And they were all um, pretty much diagnosed with a death sentence. So they decided we're going to try this clinical trial and they took one group, they divided them into two groups. They took one group and they told the group the, the facts, the, the F-A-C-T-S, okay? They told them the facts. They said, here's the facts. 
you've been diagnosed with such and such disease, there is no cure, there is no medicine, there is no help, and it's terminal, and you have five years max to live. Okay, that was the facts according to the medical system. Then they took another group, and they lied to them. And they said, great news, you, have, you do have a terminal cancer, but great news, you have the perfect tissue that allows you to be a part of a clinical study that has a 100% success rate. And 100% of the people with this tissue all go into remission. It was a lie, but they set a prize in front of them of life. The other group, they set death in front of them. 47% of the people that thought they had a chance to live spontaneously recovered. Spontaneous recovery. So the scientist says there's something that God gave us in our brains. And it is this. I'm not going to use all his big words, but it is this. Your current emotional state controls your future. You think the enemy knows that? Why do you think he's been messing with your emotional state? I told you I wasn't writing that to you, writing that to you. But how many of you would say you've had a battle in your mind? Yes, even before we knew this truth, the enemy knew this truth that your, my current emotional state controls my future. And if the scientist said, if you do not learn how to master your emotional state, you will never take control of your future. 47% of the terminally ill patients went into spontaneous remission because they had a prize of life ahead of them. And it affected their attitude. Now, I was told when Daddy D was walking through cancer, the doctors did say, your attitude is going to make a bigger difference than any medicine. And he had an attitude of healing and faith. And you know what? He walked right out of multiple myeloma. Amen. While somebody that was in the same facility with him passed away before him. And Daddy D did not die of cancer. He did not die of cancer. So... Here's the battle we must win tonight. It's the battle of keeping your eyes on the prize. Amen. Keeping your eyes on the prize. Because why? Because what you focus on determines your emotional state. And if you focus on the pain of the journey rather than focusing on the prize at the end of the journey, then you're setting yourself up to make quick decisions that become permanent decisions over temporary pain. Now, I know I spoke a couple of weeks ago over the cost, and this is the other side of that. We have to know the cost. We have to know what we're signing up for. We know, and I'm telling you, the cost is you have to endure. But how are you going to endure? Get your eye on the prize. Get your eyes on eternity. Get your eyes on your family's eternity. Get your eyes on uh, salvation. Get your eyes on your freedom. Get your eyes on your wholeness. Yeah. 
Get your eyes on a blessed marriage. Get your eyes on, you can finish that sentence. If you're single, get your eyes on a woman or a man of God that will live for God with you. Get your eyes on that. Make a list and don't deviate from it when you're walking through short-term loneliness pain. It's a struggle. It's a challenge. In the last days, the enemy is going to make sure that it's a challenge for you to keep your eyes on the prize. Let me take you to some scriptures. The Word of God says this in Habakkuk 2 and 2 in chapter 3, uh, chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. Being I might go fast, just grab the ones you want to get. Then the Lord answered me and said to Habakkuk, write the vision and engrave it plainly on tablets so that the one who reads that vision can run for the vision is yet for the appointed time and if it delays delayed gratification it will not fail if it delays postmodern human being that doesn't understand delay the vision might delay but it won't fail. And just because it doesn't come as quick as you want it to come doesn't mean it's not on its way. Microwave generation, God is not a microwave God. He's a slow cooker God. But once it is ready, your promise is delicious and worth waiting for. It will not fail. Wait patiently for it because it will certainly come. It will not delay. But what did he first tell him to do? You got to write it and put it before you. Keep your eyes on the prize. Proverbs 29 and 18 says, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. Why? Because they lose sight of the prize. One of my favorite passages of scripture, Proverbs 4, 23 through 27. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth. That means quit saying everything you feel. I feel so rough today. I feel so bad today. I feel... Quit saying everything that you feel. Put those perverse lips far from you. And let your eyes look straight ahead. Straight ahead at what? At the prize. Let your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet. Don't turn to the right or the left. All right. We're going to go to Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not Seen. Sometimes you got to close your eyes and get your eyes on the prize, the promise that God has given you. Because if you open your eyes, everything you see is complete opposite of what God has promised you. He promised you that your children are going to be saved. Close your eyes and set that vision in front of you and don't deviate no matter what it looks like right now because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. 
Let me go down this passage right here. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear. By faith, Abraham obeyed. By faith, Sarah herself received strength to conceive at like 90 years old. Hebrews 11 and 13. You're doing a fabulous job, Ben. All those people I just mentioned, the Bible says right here, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them. They were assured of them. Right? Watch this. Embraced them and confessed that this temporary circumstance is just a temporary street that I'm passing through because I'm just a pilgrim and I'm just a sojourner. And even if I don't see it tangibly right now, I've gotten my eyes on the prize and I have embraced it and I am assured that it is coming. Can, can we do that? Or do we even know what that feels like? We have to do it. Hebrews 11 and 14. For those who say such things, declare plainly right here. Look, listen to what those people declared. That they seek a homeland right here. And truly, if they had... Follow me here, guys. Make yourself bind attention deficit disorder and kick it to the curb. Okay? It's important right here. And truly, if they had called to mind the country that they came out of, they would have had the opportunity to return. In other words, if you take your eyes off the prize, as quick as your eyes go off the prize, the enemy will make sure you remember where you came from. Because if he can get your eyes off the prize and get your eyes on where you came from, you're going back there. Just like when you're driving, you better not look at the oncoming traffic because you'll go there. You better look straight ahead. You better not look at the billboards that says Bucky's because you'll go there. <laughs> and $50 later. Is it making sense? So they had the opportunity to return, but... They desired a better. Look over to your friend and say, I'm waiting on the better. I'm waiting on the better. Okay. Hebrews 11 and 24. Look here. 11 and 24. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, she, we don't understand this today. He chose to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. He was esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. Why? For he looked to the reward. Lex, will you go tell my dad I'm ready? Please, baby. All right. Hebrews 12 and 1, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight 
and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance. There's that word again. The race that is set before us, Hebrews 12 and 2, and here's how you do it. You look at the prize. Looking on to Jesus. Now look, he's telling us to look at him, but he's not telling us to do something that he didn't do first. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him. Like he did it first. He had to endure the cross. How did he do it? Here's the secret right here. He got his eyes on joy that was set before him. I know, I know it's scary right now. I know there are tons and tons and tons of distractions. But if you can cross the threshold and win this battle of focusing on the prize and refusing to give in to the temporary pain, you've got a long-term reward that is waiting. He endured the cross. So let me close with this bow your heads if you will house lights can go down we're going to end it on a high note but you're going to settle some things in your heart right now I want you to settle this the same thing I said the other day you write this down I'm not selling out I refuse I will not make permanent decisions over temporary pain I will not waste my efforts looking for magic solutions. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This means I can endure this short-term circumstance. I can handle the resistance. I will endure. And beginning right now, my focus, Father, if you will help us, our focus will be on the prize. I ask that your spirit would open every person's eyes to see the promises you have for them show them what it looks like when their child comes back home to you show them what it looks like when their marriage is restored show it show them what it looks like and feels like when they obtain their wholeness and their freedom show us what it looks like when revival comes the way you plan to send it i will endure because my eye is on the prize and the long-term reward I'm focusing on that rather than on the pain of this journey. Get your eye off the process and get it onto the prize because the prize ultimately will change your emotional state. And if you can change your emotional state, it's called faith. You can change your future. I'm going to ask my mom and dad to sing this song.
form my Jesus knew You would have what it takes to make it Oh, that's the reason why He called your name He knew you'd love Him in the sunshine Now He's hoping you'll love Him in the rain For you and he together can win over and over again. You're going to endure to the end. Lord bless you. If you're struggling in your faith, we'll pray with you, all right? Take care.